I was struck about how crowded it was even 25 minutes before kickoff. It had almost a first night of spring break at the club at the beach vibe. <laughs> almost like everyone was there for a party. We were just waiting for the DJ to start the music. In a game day atmosphere unlike any we've ever seen before, and one we'll be talking about for years to come, the Georgia Bulldogs and a record 93,246 fans, we were all treated to a thrilling football game, and luckily the Dogs held on and beat Notre Dame 23-17. to From the 13-hour tailgates to ESPN Game Day's crew being on campus and the perfect Chamber of Commerce weather, the stadium LED lights, I could go on, but what a day to be a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 194 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, but we're not in studio. Nope, we're not on Skype, but we recorded this live at our podcast partner, El Barrio, in Five Points in Athens. So yeah, you're going to hear some cars, you're going to hear some people, some motorcycles or horns. I mean, you're going to even hear Tony. He's going to order a taco right in the middle of our recording. But we'll also share our thoughts on why this game, who... Most assumed would be a complete blowout in George's favor. Why it was closer than everyone thought. What a weekend we had. We're here to talk about it all. Hope you enjoy episode 194 of the Georgia versus Notre Dame postgame show. All right, are we ready? We are ready because we are live. But you're not hearing this live. But we're live here. We're at always live. El by the way. Like, Barrio. I mean, <laughs> the parties are split. But yeah. yes, we are live. It's probably about 88 degrees it's on a Sunday lovely. evening. Lovely evening, sitting out on the deck. Well, the patio. Yeah. At if you're driving by Millage or on driving down Millage right now, you will see us. And and I'm very proud of report the Leach family, uh, which is 33% clad in Cardinals gear. Uh, over here, uh, enjoying uh, clinching the cups. So we're we're here to really talk about that uh, thing that happened yesterday when Athens was just <laughs> kind of, as the kids say, lit. Lost. Um, <laughs> we lost our collective minds. We did. It was lovely. Uh, I would. That Thank would, you very much. It does feel, and it's worth noting that, like you know, we'll see whether this is going to be a little longer than your average uh, post game show because a, there's a lot more to talk about. People are going into it all the week, and see, we're in, we're all together. And so, we're uh, eating tacos and yes. uh, chips and dips at El Barrio. At tacos at the Kilo, <laughs> Monday to Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Bar at 11 p.m. Sunday, 11 to 9. My kids are here, and. Uh, Narissa, who is uh, the marketing manager here for SP2 Hospitality, they she gave them a fruity drink that is instead of being rimmed with salt, it's rimmed with pop rocks. And it's, oh. So no telling what they're going to be up to this in about ten minutes. As, yeah. as we call it, kiss cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> careful what they're drinking, otherwise, or they will explode. That's right. Uh, while playing golf, I know it's not, people say it's an urban legend, but it's it's not. So. Let's see. About 24 hours ago, it's about 5:30. So we were looking at about two and a half hours till kickoff. And you know, I'll go ahead and start out the the one observation just right off the top of my head that I noticed when uh, getting into Sanford. I got in there about 7:15. I thought it was early. No, I wasn't because I think 88,000 people were in there by that time. Tony, have you ever seen an atmosphere like that in your life? Um, no. I mean, it, I guess the LSU game was close, but it wasn't an eight o'clock kickoff. The closest thing I can think of is probably. I don't remember what it was. We had a we had another night game, uh, maybe a six forty five ESPN thing. That was a it wasn't a top ten matchup, but you're right. It was crazy. Only semi made a joke about Athens lost his collective mind. I mean, you know, when you have an eight o'clock kickoff, you have to kind of think of the day as a, a marathon. Even if you ended up not coming up to campus until later in the day, which most people for later in the day for them would have been two because of three thirty kickoff. You got there at two. 
friend, you still had five full hours before you even had to think about getting to the stadium. <laughs> That's right. We made plans to break down the tailgate earlier than we normally do. Uh, we did so. And, you know, going to the stadium, there were a lot of people. And I was thinking, man, this is a... Uh, I don't know how I feel. I'm going to be in the stadium so much earlier. And, of course, you get to the stadium, and it's so crowded that it takes a long time to get in. Yeah. Uh, and we got this. I mean, we got in in plenty of time to see some of the pregame festivities. But I was struck about how crowded it was even 25 minutes before kickoff. And not just that, how electric it the was atmosphere raucous. was. Yeah, how electric mm-hmm. the atmosphere It had almost a first night of spring break at the club at the beach vibe. <laughs> almost like... Everyone was there for a party. We were just waiting for the DJ to start the music. Uh, my comment earlier was that everyone was about 10 to 15% sloppier, a little bit more reckless, pushy. I wouldn't say mean. I wouldn't say I didn't see fights or anything like that. No. It's just that, like, listen, when you combine the fact that, A, obviously everyone's so excited about the game and you get the, the pre-spring break uh, idea that Tony's talking about, but also the notion that for a lot of people, this is the one game they went to oh, sure. this year. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, like, things when you go every year or you go every game, you know, okay, this is a spot where I have to turn right even if I want to go left in the stadium. And a lot of people not knowing that and, like, wanting to getting in a mess of people where people often aren't used to being crammed into that many uh, uh, people that closely. I didn't think anyone was rude or a jerk, but I just definitely thought that with an 8 o'clock start and people tailgating all day and as typed up as everybody was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, until the game got started, I found it a little bit sloppier. Uh, not necessarily a bad way, just, uh, just, just people were fired up. Well, I made it all the way from, I parked in Five Points and went to Tony's tailgate at Stegman Coliseum and the boys and I traversed, probably hit about five or six different tailgates. We made it all the way down to Foundry Street, kind of near the Classic Center, tailgated with some of my Sigma Chi fraternity brothers, and then traversed all the way over to the Arch and walked down through North Campus and everywhere was completely packed full of people there was music you'd hear different genres of music as you kind of walked by and all country in all and western yeah country <laughs> and western and here's the thing i told my boys i was like hey y'all y'all are going to see things and hear things you've never seen before <laughs> today and I, I really thought it was going to be more of an extreme but to be fair it was it was just a big party yeah it, it was. was and it, you know to, to will's point a minute ago i i agree with one thing it, people did seem a little more wobbly and it was a little different vibe I, I think part of what you saw will is and you see this with um with big games, you have a lot of people that this is their one game a year. And and by no means am I disparaging people that that do that, but we almost have a societal norm for how we behave and how we we go. And I didn't didn't see anybody pushy. I didn't see anybody... And frankly... The Notre Dame fans I met were gracious oh, and yeah. friendly and yeah. happy to be there. Uh, we had a couple of sitting right around us that we, we had fun with. But we also, um, you know, one of the things that, that I saw that, uh, that I found to be really interesting is we were we were out there at 630 yeah. uh, yesterday morning. Uh, because we were a little worried about our spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not no, unreasonably so. Not unreasonably so, but no one was in our spot. But all that green space by Stegman, there were people like literally camped out out there, and they were there before we were at 6.30. My son Charlie and I got there, and we're like, all right, buddy, I'm going to grab you four chairs. At 6.55, I'm going to walk to the van and start putting stuff on the dolly. I want you, the second you see people putting stuff down, I want you to throw chairs in the corner and defend the space with your life. And uh, he, <laughs> took, the day, he took that too hard. I mean, we literally <laughs> had the tent set up. I was like, oh, so get the chairs up. Like, Dad, these are our corner chairs. I'm like, 
Well, buddy, I, I think it's cool. I think people are going to understand now. Um, but it was a great day also. We had a ton of listeners came by. Thank you, everybody that came by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met AJ and uh, Chase, the, the folks that got uh, Roger on tickets in Vanderbilt. Yes. But it was literally a parade of people that came by. And I got to be honest, you know, Scott, you and Will, are, y'all have faces made for uh, mediums other than podcasting. It's always fun to me when people come up and say, hey, it's just, it's neat. It's that people like it. Somebody made an Omaha Steaks joke, which I fully respect. <laughs> uh, and I really appreciate appreciate people come by and say, hey, frankly, it added to the fun of the day to me. It did. So uh, speaking of which, eventually they did play football. Uh, eventually that did Last happen. Night? And uh, it was, well, there was a lot of different ways to kind of uh, How to do we want to approach game. this? How do we unpack this? Okay, I would say in a larger sense, it is worth noting that all this excitement that we were talking about, about <laughs> all this, was all predicated on the assumption that Georgia was going to, if not Dominate. smoke them, but yeah. certainly win comfortably. Yeah. And you think about how hard it was getting out of the stadium. It was also hard getting out of the stadium. We, people were, it was slow. And I think uh, traffic, I know, Tony, you hit a yeah. bunch of traffic. I think anyone that's trying to leave, hit a bunch of traffic. And I think it was frustrating for a lot of people just because you've been tailgating all day, you've been out all day, and you, you get out. Uh, I think we've all seen enough replays, uh, plays under review to oh last gosh. us for a very long time. I would like to repeat, go back and find my New York Magazine column about replay is a scourge. Replay, <laughs> all it is is just making sports worse. Uh, but anyway, so uh, as difficult as that all was getting out of there, and it was obviously fun and exhausting, Georgia was dangerously close to yeah. losing this football game. Dave, and, and, and I don't, I do, I do not think that that means Notre Dame is better than Georgia. I do not think that it means that uh, Georgia played terribly to any stretch. We can talk, we can go break it down by detail. But it is worth noting, this game was very close to Georgia losing. And it, it has been a while since that happened against the non-Alabama uh, team, unless they're getting blown out, right? Mm-hmm. It's certainly right. been happened since it's high. So it's certainly been a while since it happened here. Notre Dame to me is a lot better than I thought. They were. Ian Book is a oh, lot great. better than yeah. what I thought. I still think Georgia is a better team, and I think one of the reasons that the game was as close as it was and they were in danger as they were is because of mistakes that Georgia made rather than necessarily the things that Notre Dame did. But uh, it is worth remembering that, like I know Georgia has more talent than Notre Dame, and I think is well coached. This game could have gone the other way, and imagine what it would have been like leaving that stadium if if it had. I have a question for you, Tony. Do yes. you think that when Notre Dame won the toss and accepted the ball, do you think that was predicated on the fact that they knew Campbell was out? And I mean, maybe they predicted Stokes would get hurt in the first series, and then they just attacked <laughs> attacked our secondary. Um, it's it's an interesting point. I think they felt like their strongest opportunity was to go on the board first. I said they would score twenty eight points. I think they thought they could score points and they wanted to really put Georgia back on their heels. Um, A couple of things I do want to talk about as we think about the game. Yeah, that game was was much more close than we thought it would be. Um, But it also was like one little thing away from not being that close. Right. Uh, The other thing is, is, uh, I do not want us to have a debate about going forward on fourth down, whether it's right call or not. I think it's easy to see that on the big picture – Georgia was out coached a little bit. Um, I don't. I think they. I don't had, disagree. I think Notre Dame had the right answers for everything Georgia threw at them. It does help when you have your two starting cornerbacks go down uh, almost back to back, or one out and then one get hurt, uh, because frankly they exploded. They exploded and they picked on. I would have two on Daniel. Oh sure. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but that's exactly what they did. And it was clear that there was a mismatch with the tight end commit uh, there, and they knew that, and they they did that early. But I went back and watched the game this morning um, at two thirty this morning. No, or 8 this, this morning when I woke up. About <laughs> I'm nine. impressed there was another morning for you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> After coming uh, back from that game, <laughs> I was up so late last night I attacked the yesterday. 
yesterday. Uh, I have to give Wayne credit for that line. But we, um, the, the point about it is that Georgia also made adjustments both offensively and defensively to put Notre Dame in uncomfortable situations, and that paid off in the second half. I mean, look, Georgia outgained uh, Notre Dame a fair – I mean, Notre Dame outgained Georgia a fair amount in the first half. Except for one drive in the second half, this was Georgia's ball game yeah. uh, in the second half. Uh, the other part about that, and I think you can't underestimate or under um, undersell the reason why you end up with where we are, is that you want to be aggressive, you want to win the game, go for it. Go for it on fourth down. I, I, again, I don't want to, I do not want to debate that. I do not want to litigate I that. I understand both sides. I understand both sides, I, right? I, I think he should have gone worked for out. it. I think he should have gone for it too. But I understand the idea, like, listen, if no one's going to come down and score two touchdowns against us in, the, in these last, what, seven minutes, they deserve to win. But they did actually almost do that. Right. <laughs> and, but, you know, to give the crowd the credit. We call some two timeouts early in the half. Oh, yeah. And that paid off mm-hmm. huge. Which you knew, and you knew at that time when he made that call, you they only what? had one timeout. They only had one. Right. So, but, you know, the, the thing in the, the argument for, which is not a hard argument, is that even if you get the first down and gain no more yards, Rodrigo still kicks the field goal, and you run two, two more minutes off the clock. And at that point, Notre Dame probably doesn't get the ball back. Yeah. Uh, now, again, it worked out. It, but it definitely feels like the type of thing where, like, hey, listen – like Notre Dame, to me, every opportunity they had to try to get any sort of advantage on the margins, they did. Huh? Whether yeah. it was people pretending they were hurt, <laughs> or whether it was whether it was. Oh, uh, we're going to talk, talk about, about that, that, dear friend. Yeah. Can we but talk about that? For all the, I, 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 just about that. Okay. I think this speaks to the idea of like I do think they were outcoached this game. I think that Kelly did every single thing at every. He played the clock correctly. Yeah. He generally like he did everything you would want him to do. And to be fair, also that doesn't matter if the. Georgia doesn't have its special team problems. Like, it's another thing we'll talk about. But, like, for me, I feel like Notre Dame put themselves, uh, Kelly put Notre Dame in the, position, in the best yep. possible position in this game at every point. And it almost worked. Was I'm not necessarily sure, necessarily sure, uh, uh, Kirby or Coley or a lot. Like, I'm not sure they always did. I'm not sure they always put the right people in charge. Uh, to me, I feel like it was weird. The wild dog play after the... Uh, that was, was a, really that's a good odd. That's a, it's a good and point. there's just a lot of little things where it feels like you can sit on them now. Yeah. You can sit on them now, and it felt like they were always... Georgia was often reacting to Notre Dame, disrupting them. When Georgia was in a flow, they were clearly the better team and was able... When they when they were on, particularly on offense, but when Notre Dame did something to disrupt that flow, Georgia had no answer. And uh, it it almost cost them. Well, the first fake injury when number eleven pushed number six down, you know Georgia was in the no huddle and they were yeah. they were oh, probably about to score. Yeah. And then they come out and run the wild dog. It's like they they broke the momentum. It's like they thought about it too much. Yeah. And then Notre Dame goes on to uh, fake another injury. And, and Will and I were in the end zone. Tony sits in the end zone too. My son uh, behind me, my middle son, was booing with the crowd, you know, like that. And I kind of turned around. I was like, dude, you don't need to boo. The guy's hurt. Because I couldn't see what had happened. <laughs> and then I went home, and at, like, 2 in the morning, as I'm re-watching that third quarter, want to know what happened, I, I wanted to, like, run up and apologize to him say, you had every right to boo him because he got forced down. Walker, Walker, wake up. You were right. Never apologize uh, to your children, Yes, no. Yeah. Well, it's uh, terrible. Why would you do that? But uh, I would say – I go ahead. I do want to add – Look, I don't think Georgia was outcoached like Saban versus Bush Jones. No, no, no. I'm just saying that Chip Kelly, no, Brian not Kelly. that. Or Brian. Yeah. Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly had a very different he had a good, night, very good but win. he still won. <laughs> yeah. um, Brian Kelly, I think he had a game plan 
and he knew what he wanted to do and how he was going to exploit what Georgia was giving him in a way to put his team in the best position to win. Frankly, because of the opportunities that uh, you have because of our talent differential and the crowd, yeah. Georgia didn't have to be in that position to win, and Notre Dame did. And I, you know, I look, I'm I've, I've worn Brian Kelly out a few times over his coaching. Last night was a good job. That was yeah. a good day for him. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And uh, and again, it's worth knowing that what Kelly's strategy was was to hope that Georgia made mistakes. And, and they, they did. did. <laughs> and they did. And I think that is something that you have to keep in mind. And probably what we should talk about next. Georgia made a lot of mistakes Special in this teams. game. Special mistakes. teams was a big, obviously, uh, Rodrigo was great. Not a disaster for Kamari. It's bad enough that it happened once. But when it happens on that drive yeah. at the end, is very, very bad. Uh, obviously, the fumble was a, was a big problem. And it's funny because, you know, to me, that is... Like that's how you lose games. Like yeah. it's like like that, listen, Georgia is going to have more talent than whoever they're facing, and unless they're playing any other than one or maybe two teams in the country. Right. The way that you lose games are mistakes like this, and they almost lost them last night. And I felt fine all the way until Kamara shanked his last punt, and then the and butterflies like, yeah. came yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Look, we were treated to a fun game last night. I mean, look, you know, Georgia. Won the game in South End, and, and we can make it. We can have a discussion about how that feels and how it looks and all that. But the reality is, it's like we we were treated to another really interesting, fun football game against a team that I think is going to end up eleven and one or ten and two yeah. worse. And I'm not worried about them against Michigan right now, no, or Virginia, or no one else <laughs> right. on their schedule. I mean, they could still miss still Notre Dame with Brian Kelly as their coach. They could still screw it up, but they showed a ton of fight. They showed a ton of really thinking through what they wanted to do. They could tackle they, better they than ta- any team they tackle really, I'm like, I don't know if there's anybody else going to defend Georgia's running game the way they did. And, and part of it, I think we gave them some of that because we uh, they they guessed right a lot when we tried off-schedule passing plays. That's another thing. Uh, I, I think f- the couple drives where, where they had the, the quote-unquote injuries where Fromm really got in his rhythm – we didn't have a lot of drives like that, and we've seen in the past where Georgia's gone through like three and four, five drives a game. We only had a couple last night, and that's and that frankly that's the reason why I think we only scored 30-23, and I couldn't help but to think every time we kicked a field goal, man, this is what I was making yeah. fun of them for up in South Bend. Keep, keep, keep kicking them field goals, Kelly, yeah. because we'll score touchdowns and beat you. Fortunately, Georgia's defense stepped up when they had to. That last play, we dialed up a blitz, and Book, you know, he had no choice but to freak out and just throw the ball up for grabs instead of allowing them to set up a one-on-one matchup with Clay Pooler Komet. And, look, he didn't have to have a first down there. He still had time. He only needed, I mean, a touchdown there. He had to have a first down, but we caused him to, like, heave a ball to the end zone because we got in his head that we're coming after you and you got to do something. And something that happened a couple series before that, remember the flea flicker, yeah. and everybody saw it, and, you know, kind of you could feel the the breath coming out of the stadium. Well, Brian Kelly in his post-game press conference was complimenting Georgia uh, on that. He said that Georgia had the perfect defensive call for that. He said it was basically hero or zero. The cornerback blitz, they didn't expect it, and he said that it screwed everything up. Yep. Look, and that's what I'm saying. There were times where there were times where Landing and Coley had the right things dialed up. Clearly, the halftime adjustments worked for Georgia because we had a lot more yards and moved the ball much more effectively in the second half. And you can't you can't take these things in a vacuum, right? There is another team on the other side of the field. Notre Dame clearly is an extraordinarily good football team. I think the question for Georgia is how good are we when you start looking at what your goals are? Yeah. I think that also speaks to you talk about uh, the quarterback blitz. 
to me, the play of the game, and I think Kirby Smart would certainly agree with this because he lost his freaking mind when it happened. Yep. Uh, was that was that read interception? Was just absolutely terrific play. Is because it's well defended before he intercepts the pass. That's yes. what's so kind of amazing about that is he's right on him that entire way. And then leaps the route. That is right. a absolutely terrific play. Since the SEC championship game, is that the most excited we've seen Kirby in a happy way? Yeah, not in an angry way. We've yeah, seen some of the angry so. Kirby. Probably so. But, uh, that was that was. I mean, they angry. were trying to slap those savage pads on him when the, when the helmet, helmet was on. on. You couldn't, he couldn't even that. put it over. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, enjoyed anyway, I mean, it was it was. I mean, ordinarily it doesn't go over the helmet. I think they just got excited. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't play of the game as far as impact, although it was pretty impactful. Yeah. It absolutely was athletic play of the game. It was period. terrific. It was highlight an awesome, awesome, awesome. Mentioned J.R. Reed in our, our pregame show because he was the leader in tackles in 2017, yeah. and he was uh, right behind um, uh, Tay Crowder yeah. uh, yesterday. Yeah. So when you when you think about this game, was there anything you saw that makes you think, uh, other than that we talked about the coaching stuff, is there anything there you saw that makes you think, okay, we're still just behind the eight ball. We, there's no there's no chance to fix these things. No, I don't no. think so. No, I would say that like and more to the point, you have like now basically a month and a half to do it. That is not. Oh, nothing, no, Florida right. looked really good against Tennessee. <laughs> oh, fine. Well, we're Tennessee's all going to be up next. for Florida, but we're going to be up for Florida. I get it, but yeah, I mean Florida and Auburn and whatever Texas A and M is is fine, but uh, to me, this is the nice thing about this game. You have a week off. And then you have two more weeks after that, and then another week off uh, until Florida. And Florida, to me, uh, is the next game where the, we, the next two games are Arkansas State, right? <laughs> I feel bad well, saying that. But, like, they're better, obviously they're better than Arkansas State. But the point is, is we're looking more to, like, what Georgia can do to tweak and figure this thing out. Honestly, that's a lot of what last year was. Like, remember, going into that Alabama game in the SC Championship game, Right or write a piece for us saying, guys, Georgia has a chance to win this game. We should be right. excited about it because people were so down about it. But what had happened during that time was Georgia was getting better and they were fixing a lot of things. They were figuring a lot of things out, and you saw it in that game. Now you have the opportunity. Yeah, I think that I wish Georgia would have played better. Uh, uh, I, I mean, that is not going to take away any of the joy of that game or the incredible atmosphere. They should have played better, and they could have lost that game to a team that they should not lose I to. I think it was the individual efforts that you saw from Brian Herrian, from uh, Cager, from even uh, the defensive playmaking, I think that the individual efforts, the stars of the show, showed up. And I mean, Cager made a name for himself last night. Those back shoulder throws yeah. by From Kelly also mentioned in his post game. Not only did he execute the back shoulder throw, but he put him low and completely where our cornerbacks couldn't get to him. Yeah. Speaking of that, those are exciting and great. But if you want Jake From to play football here next year, you don't want any more of those throws because those were straight up. NFL throws the touchdown to Cager gosh what was the one oh even the one that was called back because uh, Warner was uncovered Mm -hmm. Uh, that was a heck of a throw I think Fromm made a lot of really really smart decisions there were a couple times where I felt like he could have held the ball a little further maybe something would have opened up but basically he took check downs because they were bringing the house on him or they threw and there were a couple times they threw looks at him and he was like you could see him like Look for a place he thought he was going to see, and they had switched up the coverage in some way. And then he went to the place where he knew he could go to, whether that be his, his tight end, Warner had a couple of those, or to um, Robertson underneath. And I think one thing that goes on uh, that has gone unnoticed was I mentioned Harry in a minute ago, just running hard. He looks like he's doing like a shuttle drill when he runs because he's chopping his feet so much. But his catch, his first down catch in the third quarter, he'd been toting the rock. But then to get committed into the passing game right there as a probably a check down for Fromm, keeping a drive alive in the third quarter, which helped 
with Notre Dame going three and out like three or four straight times in the third quarter, punching a couple timeouts. I mean, it just really did turn for the dogs in, in the second half, and you could just kind of feel that momentum until that very end. Could have gone. Like, I, just, I, know. I, I don't mean this. I, no, I, no, no, no. It could have happened, say, man. It could have happened. It, could it happen. absolutely could have happened. I can't look at this in a, in a vacuum, right? Notre Dame is better than I gave them credit for. I think uh, – I think it's clear Georgia's more talented than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Kelly showed me something coaching last night, mm-hmm. right? And frankly, in book showed me something because I thought I thought in order for them to win or have a chance to win, in book was going to have to run the ball a lot more. And frankly, the only time he really ran the ball effectively was that when he gained that key first down oh, yeah. on that last touchdown drive. Um, the exact right yardage, exact too. right yardage <laughs> too, right? I mean, that was actually an NFL scramble play yeah. that yeah. you see. You see, I mean, gosh, how many times did Peyton Manning do that, yeah. right? Run the ball exactly 11 and a half yeah. yards, meaning 11. So, yes, we could have lost the game last night. It was a far different game and outcome than we thought. The one thing I do want in, in you know, there are a lot of individual uh, accolades we could give. We talked about uh, Reed, but um, DeAndre Swift guys jumping over people. So that <laughs> yeah. is forever my screensaver in my heart. It was pretty awesome, too. And the only downside about it is like he almost seemed like so bewildered that he did it, that yeah. he didn't have a next move. Yeah. Because like, he was like, oh, oh, what oh, I do? What oh, I did? that was amazing. And then, like, and then they did, and they was like, oh, I guess I'll go down now. And he started looking at the jumper. Yeah. <laughs> <up> <laughs> and, and I get it, man. I get it. I but get you know, the, the thing about Georgia it, fans love a running back jumping over a dude. There's no question we about that. We do <laughs> love that. I mean, the, you know, the one thing that I don't want to see Georgia do is we legitimately seemed bewildered by what they were doing in the first half until we went back and spent 20 minutes in, in the locker room. You go up against a team that has more talent, you're going to have to be able to do that on the field. And that's part of a growing process. It's where you have first-year coordinators. Frankly, that's where it hurts you. One last thing then before we uh, do say we talk about the atmosphere, and obviously the atmosphere Wait, is great. Do you want me to pull you down if we go too fast? No. <laughs> get down. Get down. <laughs> I would say that uh, we've talked about the atmosphere. We've talked about the fans. I really think it's worth pointing out what the game day atmosphere was just within the stadium. The lights were obviously pretty amazing. Yeah. There were many, many moments. I know uh, something cool has happened because I, the first thing I think is like, man, I'm glad Scott was recording that because <laughs> Scott's always recording something. And, I, and there were so many moments. Uh, I, the, when the lights went dark, obviously that was cool. Uh, I was a fan of the red. The red oh, yeah. was mine. Yeah, the I, red that was, When the lights went down, there was a gasp. Everyone thought yeah. the power went out. Right, right, split right. second, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, that was really well, the, cool. The F-16s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a cool vibe, man. And apparently, one of those guys was Eric Russell's grandson. Sounds good to me. That, 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 that yeah. works yeah, for podcasting. Good. That's good podcasting. Yeah, it's right a there. great podcast. I do like. I, I know. I definitely know. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the SEC country though. When I literally heard people around me grumbling, well, they had to get the Alabama Air National Guard. I was like, two okay. Georgia. Grass. I know, but I just love the idea that yeah. like, you know what? They're actually still like, you know, they're, they're, and, we're we're actually still on the same. country. And frankly, here. I thought the same thing. <laughs> you know what? I would have loved to have been sitting next to somebody that had never been to an SEC game or anything like that. Yeah. And you I know, there was. were a lot I had of Notre Dame fans. Okay. There. Okay. Yeah. What did you? Can you describe? Did they say anything? Or well, I think. Uh, how would uh, the Australians at the Rose Bowl have handled this? <laughs> <laughs> Wide-eyed and like, well, they're Australians, you know. Yeah. They're so yeah. nonplussed about right. stuff. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the interesting thing is, the guy was like, "This is a really." He kept saying, "It's really, really neat, really cool." He's from Minneapolis, and uh, so we kicked the field. I was like discussing with him. I was like, "We should go for it." There's like. You kick the field goal. We got to score two touchdowns. Like you've won. I was like, sir, you do not know how I think. And I turned and looked at him after after they scored the second, the first touchdown. And I looked at him and shrugged. And he was like, you still got it. I've seen too many of these. I'm like, yeah, me too, brother. But he was. He thought it was a really cool atmosphere. Um, 
it's interesting how it showed up on TV, it, and probably because I was there, but it looked exactly like it did on TV, like it did in person, which was great. I mean, it was a fantastic marketing piece for the program and for the University of Georgia, and it was really fun to be a part of. And if you want to go to my Twitter, I have it pinned to my profile. I made a little video edit. It's about a minute and 20 seconds, just kind of a, a smattering of my day put to some uh, really exciting build-type music, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And a lot of people already have, so I appreciate anybody that's left a nice comment or retweeted it. Um, Logan Booker wrote a really nice uh, piece on that on his Twitter, 280 characters about it. So, uh, so yeah, go check that out. I do want to say one more thing. Just looking over the drive chart, um, Notre Dame had two drives over 50 yards. We muffed a punt inside the 10. That cost points. Mm-hmm. Um, we also gave up a, a fairly short um, – when you think about game control, Georgia had control of this game in the second half. And I keep coming back to it. The one thing I think Brian Kelly and his crew did really well was that when they had the opportunity, when they found something that worked – they stayed with it. And that's the one thing, Georgia, I don't think tight did end. as well. Yeah. Right? And, and oh, the tight end thing, man. The yeah, tight end, it's just a commit. Eight us up all day. I don't know if you want to look down the schedule, guys. That'll be noted. Look down the schedule, guys. Yeah, that um, will be noted. I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, for that matter, yeah. are all known for their tight end play. That will be noted. I don't know if I'm knowledgeable enough in, in refereeing culture, uh, but you did send out a tweet late uh, last week before the game. You're like, guys, just found out ACC's got the refs for this game. Any comments you have, you're not going to get fined. I think. Were they going to review every single thing? Well, yeah, in that game you do because, first off, it helps CBS keep eyeballs on the TV. Right. Uh, and the second reason you do is that it's a game of a lot of import. Uh, they missed a couple pass interference uh, calls. There was oh, one yeah. pass interference against Pickens. Georgia that I thought was kind of dicey, but whatever. Um, I think really where they messed up is they should have gone to Notre Dame when they of course the, the official clearly saw him pull him down mm-hmm. but you can't you're the back judge you see that he should have gone to Kelly and said that happens again I'm cost, I'm, well, I don't know what the penalty for that is whether it's a timeout or flag or whatever or giving him the business down Give, there right. whatever I, it is I, yeah whatever I would have I, but they didn't and that, that opened up the door for them to continue to do it I'm not saying they didn't get hurt but I'm sorry you're a defensive back and you bump into Jake Fromm in our backfield and you fall down like you've been roundhouse Roche- yeah. Rochambeau yeah, it was a that's bad that's just you know right. Right when Georgia is the, right when Georgia's moving, that's just the way it did is. Did you notice on the TV replay of that? And that was the second time uh, yeah. Notre Dame guy he they started putting eye drops in his eyes yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Just like oh, let's uh, hide do it something. with this. Yeah, let's so, make something up. And, you know, like I, the officials every time they went to review, uh, they got it right. They oh. got it right. First off, and second off. Um, second off, yeah, I'm going to want to order some tacos in a minute. Uh, so, the, you know, I think the officials got it right. But there were a couple times where the referee did come out, and you could see he was visibly uncomfortable with what he was about to have to say. Right, right. Uh, right. And I was watching that, and yeah, actually Kristen yeah. was like, she's like, did you see him? I was like, yeah, he saw it. He went, <sighs> I know. I hate this, too. <laughs> and he grimaced after he said it. Like, he gave, yeah. like, the straight-up, like, yeah. firm, like, like you just told your kid they can't go to prom because they caught, were called smoking. I, That's I, a look I, on his face. I was at the game with my with my uh, wife and my son who rallied. Who yes. uh, thanks to Scotty had a ticket and he rallied after a stomach flu in the morning and made it through and was basically in That's better. So cool. It's like yeah, Willis yeah. Reed and was basically in better shape than my wife or I <laughs> at the end of the game. Did you have a stomach flu? Uh, I, I mean, I certainly did what I d- did my best to uh, to conjure up an impersonation of one. <laughs> uh, but I would say that. Uh, I, I write about baseball all the time, and this happens all the time when people get frustrated with, like, if you were just walking into this experience and trying to be sold on baseball for the first time or sold on college football for the first time, 
Alexa was just like, why? In the, like, they're doing this again? Why is this good for the sport? Like, the NFL, these games are over in three hours. NFL games are over in three hours. They, they are television programming. They've learned how to do it. College football now... Uh, has become so replay happy. There are no challenges anymore. It's all just we've decided we're going to take a look at it. I can't help but notice that there's a lot more of those in big, important games that are on national television. They did get them all right, but I, it's just it is an exhausting thing, yeah. particularly for a night game, to have to just go over and over and over like that. Well, and it's, you know, the, the longer you're on TV, the more commercial breaks you have. Yeah. And they're... Selling ad spots out of that. Well, I did, and this is pretty much the last thing we'll talk about. I did notice that when I got home and my internet started working on my phone again because I couldn't do anything during the game, I saw that Gary Danielson was trending on Twitter, and basically people were saying, shut up, Gary Danielson. So they were. What was, they he, were, what was he? What was he upset about? They, I thought he did a great job. I, I, know, I know people don't like. I Gary didn't Danielson. comment on it. Yeah, but it I was, feel like Gary Danielson is both someone that I think I would not enjoy hanging out with, but I really enjoy watching a college football. He's just he, look. Yeah. I I understand. I don't understand why people. I guess because he's the CBS guy, but and he's very he's very strident. He is and strident. I think that, and that, I think, that but I, think he's, he's I, I think he's really good too. Yeah. What we'll do now is we will reset. Uh, Tony just ate, or he didn't eat any tacos. He just uh, ordered some tacos. Will's enjoying a couple of nice beverages. I think he's on number two. Yeah, I'm doing the Grish and Leash podcast after this, so oh. no, when I'm slurring while discussing ratatouille. Yeah. Uh, that's ratatouille. Uh, that's ratatouille, too. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm not going to be able to say it in two hours. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, just to reset, it's a Chamber of Commerce day in America's greatest college town. We're sitting here in five points at El Barrio. We're, we're appreciative of. Uh, El Barrio being such a great host to us and our families who are here. So, um, yeah, just really appreciate that. What a weekend it has been in Athens. I mean, this is one that's going to go down. I don't know, I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You're always going to remember uh, September 21st weekend. And how appropriate was it that we did a uh, karaoke to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, because they say 21st of September, which was yesterday. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if anybody else caught that. But, well, um, my, my marathon day kept me from actually putting those two things together until just now. But So, um, you know, since we're we're not going to be doing a podcast this week because it's an off week, so I did want to get... We may have a, start, a showcase. Yeah, we may have maybe, a showcase. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Might, might do a spotlight series. Spotlight so so just showcase. stay tuned. Spot- a surprise, <laughs> surprise guest. It could be called Signature, but we will do a couple buy or sell that I jotted down real quick and then we're going to reintroduce the good bad and something else around the country so we'll start buy or sell and these are kind of college football-ish uh we'll start out this one this is the most obvious will and tony buy or sell the pac-12 will officially be left out of the college football playoff again oh bye that's bye. a I don't, see, I don't see a path back for him now you well i mean you don't believe in california after what they did to ole miss still undefeated. I, look i just don't think california has the record I, I think it, if they go undefeated, they'll, they'll get in. I just don't think they're going undefeated. I don't know. They, I don't know they're going undefeated with their record, with their with their schedule. But it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not going to take a third SEC team over. No, over no, a no. Even, if, mean, they but, Even if they should. Even if they should. But they would. They that means you're going to put an undefeated Cal over a, a one loss no Dame, Notre yes. Dame team. Yes. Right. Yes, and probably an undefeated uh, Ohio State. See, I, I think that that would be the case. If Ohio State and Oklahoma both go undefeated, yeah. then they don't get in. But otherwise, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's hard to it's hard to keep it. sell. Okay, uh, buy or sell. Boise State with UCF's loss will represent the Group of Five in the New Year's Six Bowl. I said it with Memphis. I still think it'll be Memphis. I'll buy. I think you're right. 
Gonna throw another one in their app state. App state? I know this is the year for them, man. Well, I mean, look, they have a Power Five win on the road, so yep. yeah, I could see a buy there. That, you know what would be really interesting to me is to see a couple of the Group of Five jockeying for that, like really good teams. You know, Air Force or Navy or you know, Boise State. Yeah, it'd be fun. This is when the playoff gets expanded to eight. They can have a play-in game. That'd be a, so much fun. All right, buy or sell. The September 21st yesterday was the best game day as in college football experience ever for you home, away, or at a bowl game. I'm going to have to say sell, man. The, the Notre Dame trip before, and for that matter, Rose Bowl, was and so oh, incredible. I mean, the, the SEC Championship put over Robert was pretty awesome, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Look, yesterday was it was a lot of fun. It's, it's been the best thing. It's been the best thing I've been a part of that wasn't that special year. That year where they had everything, the Notre Dame year, yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say it's the best, and 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 uh, yeah, I would say it's the best one. Okay, I was LSU was my first game. This one was better. Buy or sell? There will be a significant UGA takeover in Neyland Stadium. Buy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a buy. So I say significant. What would you range a percentage right now? What's the highest they've probably ever had there of Georgia fans? I mm. uh, couldn't tell you. Um, 20, 30? I mean, this is I mean, a 20, good 25 is not outside the realm. Um, that's, you know, that's a quarter I mean, It's of the pretty stadium. dark there right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. It could be more. Um, I mean, as far as the number of actual butts and seats, it could be close to half at 25,000. Just careful, everyone. Seat Geek, StubHub, verified yeah. tickets. Yeah. Get Ticket. verified yeah. tickets. Or use Scott's awesome suggestion that someone else put on Twitter. If you're buying tickets from someone on the street, ask them to post for a picture with their tickets. <clears throat> if they're legitimate tickets, they will happily yep. uh, uh, say to give them to you. And if they're not, uh, they please have a suspect. Yeah. Don't right. buy them if they don't take the picture. <laughs> right. Uh, final buy and sell. Uh, the St. Louis Braves National League Division Series will go five games. We got to get there first. We got to get there first. Though it's looking good. Uh, clearly, the Cardinals just finished their four-game sweep sweep of the Cubs in uh, glorious fashion. Uh, we, this podcast was delayed slightly as the as my parents and my son all watched the end of the Cardinals win over the Cubs on their on our cell phones. Um, five games. All I know is if it goes five games, um, and there's a runners on first and second with no out at any point in the game. Pucker factors. Everyone no, just everyone just be a reminder tomorrow. that infield fly does not specifically mean infield. We're very literal down here in the south. I yeah, get literal to the point of being wrong. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> well played, well played. Okay, and then the final bet is uh, going to be good, bad, something else. I'll start it off so y'all can okay. continue to think since I just sprung this on you. So for me, the good from yesterday in the world of college football is Georgia is now 1-3 when Lee Corso picks them on game day. <laughs> That's really on brand. <laughs> I was a little bit worried when he picked us yesterday and then when that you know they scored the touchdown late and then they get the ball back because of the shanked punt, but we broke that curse. Also, the bad... San Jose State 31, Arkansas 24. The bad is Chad Morris, and boy, if you go read their message boards or read some articles, which I did, it is not pretty for Chad Morris. And then something else, a basketball game broke out in Pullman, Washington last night between UCLA and Wazoo. UCLA, who was down 32 points, won the game 67-63, to and I'm glad that I was home so late because I just couldn't help myself, and I stayed up and watched it. I tried to step and watch. I sat down for three minutes like, this is stupid. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I was asleep asleep in a matter of five minutes after walking yeah. in the door, I have to tell you. Uh, my good uh, would be look out for Auburn, man. Like, that's a huge win for them to win at Texas A&M. All of a sudden, 
we've joked about like, wow, will there be three SEC teams in the like this is the year, right? We always talk about Auburn is has these great years when they get Alabama and Georgia at home. This is one of those years they've uh, they've avoided every landmine they've had since then. Look out! They're gonna, I think they're going to be. I haven't seen the new poll, but I imagine they'll be five or six. I'll probably pass Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think you're looking at you're looking at basically Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and Auburn. Maybe is your top. Maybe maybe Oklahoma's five and right. Auburn six. But I mean, Auburn is uh, that that now looks like the toughest game that Georgia has left on their schedule, and that is what's keeping my bad. Illinois was up 35-21, oh. end of the third quarter, looking really good, and it did not turn out well for the Illini. They lost uh, uh, by by four uh, late, and have, it was sad. I have my hand raised. I have a question. Yes. What was that fake that they ran that basically got your quarterback murdered? Yeah, it was a, it was a good play. Where the lineman refused to move, and then he rolled out, and then Nebraska just... Yeah, it was a frustrating game because it was the you know whatever one's thoughts about Lovey Smith. I think feel like Lovey Smith is an awesome person who I would cheer for. I would be cheering for even if he were not Illinois' coach because I think he's a good person that's trying to do something good in an otherwise very ugly cesspool that is college football. Um, his game maneuvers are not always the best. He also uh, had a chance at the end of the second half to. Uh, uh, basically, Illinois had a chance to try to get a first down and get, set up a field goal. They have a, a kicker that regularly hits 55-yard field goals. He decided to not then just go ahead and kneel. And after the game, uh, a game that Georgia Illinois lost by four and could have kicked a field goal late that would have given up by one if they'd had one earlier. He said, "We were content. We were content." Imagine Kirby Smart or any SEC coach ever saying the words "We were content" as to why they did not try to score points. Wow, uh, that would not go over well. It's uh, it's getting, it's gonna get. They, they've, they're off this week, and uh, it's gonna be a rough couple of weeks for Lovey. Uh, no question. Uh, there's something else I will say. Um, Alabama, they won, right? Yeah, Alabama. I've heard winning is the something else. <laughs> um, so my goodness, App State beating North Carolina at uh, Keenan Stadium. Um, frankly, this is why I think App State might well be your uh, – it's certainly in the running for the Power 5 spot – I'm sorry, the G5 spot in the New Year's Six uh, bowl games. Uh, that's the good. The bad, man, the, I think the bad is Mike Leach worrying too much about, you know, Q conspiracies and not enough about defense. I mean, come on. you got to get, get your – Come on. Um, and then I think there's something else is uh, the lights in Sanford. Man. Oh, so good. So like we, we have been seeing pictures. Logan Booker has been good about going over and getting pictures. It was stunning how emotional, like, and I don't mean emotional, like weepy, just like yeah. that's designed to like really get at you it's in stirring. a visceral way. Stirring. I mean, it, it does play with your, like your medulla oblongata in a way where you're just like, <laughs> I'm just like I'm gonna go out and put on pads and hit something now, but and it was just like, you know, to, to kind of go back to my analogy about it was like a it was like a club before the DJ started playing music. That really was the grand finale in a way that and and Kirby acknowledged the crowd. It's hard to say that the crowd was not at least partially credited with that win, with all the false starts, with with Notre Dame wasting two timeouts earlier in the game when. Clearly, those two timeouts would have made a difference for them. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to give too much credit to the lights for that because I think it would have been that way anyway. But, man, does the Sanford Stadium look so awesome. Frankly, they, I think they got the music pretty good last night. Uh, the whole scene, the whole crowd, it was something else. I would say um, 
if I'm a recruit, <laughs> I was at that game. I'm like, this might be a pretty fun play to place to play uh, to play college football. Yeah, man. Even if they sometimes forget to take my helmet off when I get the savage pads on, that was uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting. <sighs> okay, I feel like we spent so much. I feel like since we started this podcast this season, we've been preparing for the Notre Dame game. Yeah, we need uh, a break. We've now made it. Everyone's yeah. yeah. We all we all stretch, and uh, and and Tennessee is yeah. the, in a couple of weeks. I feel like. Right, we're we're gone from home for three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, no, we're we got, off, we got two off. October games and two November games. Yeah. Yep. All right. Also, it's also worth noting this has been quite a stretch, right? This yeah. has been Vanderbilt. I'm actually kind of looking forward to Tennessee just so I can watch a game on television. Yeah, <laughs> I've been at every game so far. It might be fun to actually watch a game on television. Um, I'd given thought to going up there. Um, and and we'll see the game time whether or not I yeah. do, but I probably won't. My uh, my uncle passed away a couple about a month ago, um, and so they're going to have this memorial service on the sixth, which is the day after that game, which is back down here. It's not I can't do it. It just depends yeah. on the game time. Um, and Cardinals Braves theoretically would be Thursday and Friday okay. uh, before the Saturday, yeah. so keep that in mind uh, okay. as well. Um, so, but yes. Whew. We've made it. We made it through the Notre Dame game. We made it through our first live show at El Barrio Taco Tequila, Monday to Saturday, 11 a.m., 10 p.m. Bar open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, Saturday, oh, 11 a.m. That's good. <laughs> did you, did you read that and commit that to memory? Yes, I'm literally reading oh, off you're, the menu. <laughs> there's a menu right there. <laughs> Will is a real professional. <laughs> literally read. reading off the menu. No, I'm totally conjuring up this. 1331 South Mills Avenue, Athens, Georgia, El Barrio, <laughs> Athens.com, 706-850. 0708. And now that we're almost done with this I'm podcast, sorry. It's just, it's sorry. now that we're almost done, we can now let the fans, the throngs of fans yeah. that are lined yeah. up, we yeah. can let them Chad, uh, and you can we open will, the we'll acknowledge over them. there. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the row of rabid pit bulls that have been keeping them yeah. away from us right. uh, during the show, uh, we may now uh, uh, get those back into uh, the world of dogfighting that uh, we've been raising for this entire time. Yeah, that's, that's been the thing we've been doing. Um, all right, everyone, uh, we made it. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with a regular show next week for our Georgia versus Tennessee preview episode. Rumors amongst the podcast crowd, and that's rumors with Tony, Will, and myself. Uh, rumors have it that there might be a special Spotlight Series episode later this week that Tony has lined up. So check out your podcast player for that. Or just follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Keep up to date with our goings-on. The handle for both of those uh, social media accounts. Yeah, that's what they're called. The handle for both of those is at WSLS Podcast. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Jason and Jenny Nesbitt and their boys, Jake Mosley and his family for stopping by El Barrio. Great seeing all y'all. And also thanks to Kirk, just a guy who ran into me in downtown Athens, a listener who said hello to me on Saturday. Uh, Listeners, Dr. Chad Collins from Greensboro and his friend from New York City, who's also a listener, I think it's Vincent Victor. I'm sorry, I think it started with a V. I should have written that down, but Saturday was nuts. Um, I almost forgot. Ten-time Jeopardy champion Seth Wilson was at the tailgate. And, uh, yeah, Tony and Will and I, we greatly appreciate everyone, uh, all of y'all, stopping and saying hello. We, we, we have a ton of fun doing this. And when it's interactive, when y'all stop by and say hello and tweet at us or something like that, it's just so much more fun and rewarding to do what we do. And the dogs are 4-0. They're ranked in the top five. They just vanquished a top ten opponent. And they have the week off and the lowly Vols of Knoxville the following week, the first Saturday in October. Might we see a takeover in a few weeks up in uh, Knoxville? Uh, To be determined. But uh, we'll see you back on campus soon enough. And as always, go dogs.